welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Good morning, everyone. You know, when I was thinking about this sermon and how I was going to start and what I was going to preach about, um, I kind of had this plan about how uh, we were going to talk about living in a pandemic, um, the social unrest, the election season, and how we can thrive during all this weirdness that's going on in our society. Maybe have a nice list of things you can do to help you thrive. And... The more I thought about that, the more there was this little voice in my head going, well, maybe I don't want you to talk about that. Maybe I want you to talk about this. And so today, we're not talking about that. We're talking about this. We're still going to be talking about thriving, but we're going to come at it from a little different way. And um, remember before COVID... When you were out and about and you see somebody, you, you greet them and say, hey, man, how's it going? What kind of responses do you get? Typically, we, you know, we get a back. Uh, Hi, I'm great. I'm fine. How are you? Um, I'm getting by. I'm doing OK. Uh, maybe somebody would even say I'm surviving. Once in a great while, you get somebody who says, hey, I'm doing pretty good. But in my experience, anyway, you don't get that a lot. You don't get people saying, I'm doing great. I'm doing wonderful. Things are just awesome and amazing. It's like we don't want to brag or something. And I've never had anybody tell me I'm thriving. I don't think I've ever heard somebody say that in response. I wonder why we don't say that. Maybe we should. And we've all seen things that failed to survive. Right? Um, maybe you tried to have a little garden and it didn't work out. Well, your flowers or your fruits and veggies didn't grow. Maybe you tried to have a lush lawn that was the envy of the neighborhood, but it looks more like a weed killer science experiment. Um, maybe you tried to rescue a sick animal. You found a baby bird that fell out of their nest or something, but they didn't make it. Um, We've all seen um, adults that don't survive. They don't seem to make it. And children even can be uh, diagnosed as failing to thrive. You know, when the little baby's born, we're checking them against growth charts to make sure they're growing and developing. And if they don't and they're falling off the bottom of that chart, the doctors will say they're failing to thrive. And they will, of course, begin to uh, try and figure out what's going wrong, what's happening, and, and work with that situation and rectify it if they can. And we've seen adults that don't thrive, too. Um, some adults just never seem to thrive, never live up to their potential. And sometimes we see adults that um, seem to have all the potential and seem to have everything. They're rich, they're famous, they're movie stars, they're athletes, they're CEOs of successful companies, and they seem to have it all, but we hear stories of, of the emptiness that they have and the loneliness they have, and we see suicide sometimes, and we see substance abuse and divorces, and, and they may be thriving in one part of their life, but not their whole life. So we have this 
failing to thrive. So the question is, how can we not only survive, but thrive as well? And not just us, just not me personally, but how can I help my family members and my friends to thrive as well? So we're going to be talking about that today. Hopefully you've got out your sermon notes. Look to sermons.church to get your notes. If you don't have them up, um, you can search for Downey Church and find the sermon notes. Um, also get out your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew 13. We're going to be looking at one of Jesus' parables today. It's a very popular parable. You've probably heard it. Um, and in Matthew 13, Jesus tells a series of parables together, back to back. And it's instructive to look at all these parables together. Unfortunately, today we're not going to have time to do that. So that's your homework for the week or maybe later this afternoon. Um, read through Matthew 13. It's an easy read. And look at all the parables that Jesus tells in this, this chapter. And why does Jesus tell them together? What's the theme that's running through them? How are they related? What message is he trying to get across? Because Jesus put them together for a reason. So um, what is that reason? Right now, we're going to start with Matthew 13. And we're going to look right at the beginning, chapter uh, verse 1 through 9. And it says, The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still others fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. Now, Jesus is talking to a primarily agricultural community. These people are farmers and shepherds and ranchers. Yeah, there's some fishermen. There's a few businessmen for running businesses in town. But this is an agricultural community. And all of them know how farming works. That when you throw seeds and it lands on poor soil or where the rocks or the weeds are, it doesn't grow. And when it lands in good soil, it grows and produces more. Got it, Jesus. Right? They got to be sitting there looking at each other going, yep, the carpenter understands how farming works. And so they agree with him, but they really have no idea what he's talking about, right? I imagine them sitting around going, you know, I, I thought Jesus was going to be talking about, you know, like God or heaven or, or something, you know. Why is he talking about seeds and farming? Right? They just don't get it. I don't know, do you remember back when you were in school, maybe, when you were in class, and there was some teacher going on in one of your classes about something, they're they're into it, man, they are excited. They're at the board, and they're drawing stuff, and making circles, and arrows, and lines, and going on and on, and the whole class is kind of looking at each other like, what's he talking about? I don't know, do you know? I I don't know what he's talking about. And eventually, the class all turns and looks at that one smart kid, says, do you get it? And that smart kid goes, 
I don't get it either. I don't know what he's going on about. And I get the feeling that's happening when Jesus is talking about this. Everybody's kind of looking around like, what's going on? And in fact, it got so bad, the disciples say to him later, why do you speak to people in parables? Which is probably just a nice way of saying, what are you talking about, Jesus? And so Jesus kind of says, yeah, all right, let's, let's talk about what this means. So let's pick it up in verse 18, Matthew 13, verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears a message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred or 60, or 30 times what is sown. See, you know this. Back in the day, farmers threw their seed by hand, and it went all over the place because they were trying to spread the seed. And some went on bad soil, hard soil, the path, and in the rocks, and in the weeds. It's not like today where we have tractors. We make nice straight lines, and it just goes exactly where we want it. It's not like when you worked in your flower garden, and you poke a hole and you put one seed in and you cover it up and you poke a hole and you put one seed in and you cover it up because you only need two tomato plants. That's that's plenty of tomatoes, right? He's trying to cover this whole big field. So they're throwing seeds over this wide area to cover as much ground as possible. And Jesus explains what it means for these seeds to go in different places. And I'm sure we've all heard that. We've all listened to sermons about that. We get that. So what else is there to be learned here? I've got a couple of quick things. You can't make seeds grow. You can't. God made seeds so they grow. And you can't make them grow. Now, you can encourage seeds to grow by pulling some weeds and removing some rocks and making the soil good. You, you can encourage them to grow by trying your best to make a good environment for it, but you don't make the seeds grow. God is the one that makes them grow. And you can't make the seeds of the Word of God grow in somebody's heart. That's the Holy Spirit's job. They do that. You can hope, you can pray, you can desire... But you can't make someone give their life to God and be born again. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Okay? Again, we can encourage, but that's it. Secondly, good soil is required to thrive. 
You need good soil to thrive. And you should want your friends and your family and your neighbors and and the people that you care about to have good soil in their hearts so that the Word of God can thrive. Good soil is required. And so if good soil is required, you should be cultivating good soil. Now, Jesus' parable doesn't tell us who prepared that field for sowing. But somebody did. Maybe it was the farmer. Maybe it was his hired hands or his sons or somebody. But somebody prepared that field. And we need to be preparing fields for soil. Continuously. I don't know if you've ever seen, um, either in real life or maybe in movies, um, some of these stone walls that are around fields in farm country. Um, a great example is in one of my favorite movies, The Shawshank Redemption. If you've ever seen it, uh, at the end, uh, Morgan Freeman's character um, is going up to a field up in uh, New England somewhere to uh, find underneath a stone wall in the corner of the field under the big tree this certain thing. And, and you see these fields, and they've all got stone walls around them. And if you've ever been somewhere back east, sometimes you can be hiking out in the woods and you come across stone walls in the middle of the woods. And you're always like, well, who built this stone wall in the middle of the woods? This is ridiculous. And the reason they're there is because when this country was being, uh, the, the settlers were coming and the pioneers were coming, they clear cut much of the East Coast for farmland. And so there was these farms, and here's a picture, a very old, old picture of New England back in the day, and all these hills were cut, and you can see the stone walls around the the fields. Those stone walls are there not because farmers like stone walls, but they got to get the stones out of the field. And those stones are called two-handers because they take two hands to pick them up and move them. You take them to the edge of the field and you start stacking them up and pretty soon you've got a little wall. And some of the walls are really nice and neat and some of them are more piles. But you end up with these stone walls. Well, the Industrial Revolution comes along and a lot of these farms are abandoned and the people move away. And the forest starts to grow again. And now there are stone walls in the middle of the forest. And that's how they got there, because farmers were taking rocks out of the field to prepare the soil. We can remove weeds. We can add nutrients. We keep it tilled and soft. And it takes constant care and feeding. We need to make sure that our hearts and the hearts of our family and friends are prepared and ready to receive God's word and not hard and packed down. Sometimes God asks you to prepare the soil, or sometimes God asks you to uh, work the harvest, but he always asks us to sow seeds. He always asks us to sow seeds. Sowing seeds is a continuous thing. You just can't do it once or twice a year, like farmers do you know, in the growing season. God wants us to be sowing seeds all the time. And sometimes these seeds land on hard-packed paths. And maybe the second time, those seeds land in the rocks. And maybe the third time, those seeds land in uh, weeds. 
And maybe the fourth time, or maybe the 389th time, I don't know, finally those seeds land in good soil that's ready to receive them. We don't know when that will happen. And sometimes I think we use the fact that we aren't a thousand percent sure about the soil in somebody's heart to um, prevent us from sharing. Because we're like, well, I don't know if they're ready. I don't know if, if they're ready to hear that. I may start talking about Jesus and those will land on, on hard ground and they'll be upset and they'll be mad and then they'll complain and they'll make fun of me and that'll be embarrassing. So I'm just not going to say anything because I don't know if they're ready. It'll be embarrassing. And it may be safer somehow <laughs> to wait. But God doesn't call us to wait. God calls us to sow seeds. I was reading a story about a pastor who was visiting a juvenile court and detention center. And he was describing the place and it was depressing. Okay, There were locks and padlocks, just like you might imagine. It, it was a prison. And, you know, doors locked shut. You can hear the locks locking. And um, they, as they toured this facility, they showed them the courtroom where proceedings happened. And they showed them the, the, some classrooms where they tried to do ongoing education. And he said the place was just depressing. And he couldn't imagine what it would be like to be a kid and be led into a place like this. And at one point, they're walking down this bleak hallway and there's solid metal doors on the cells. And there's a slot about two-thirds of the way up the door, probably where they put food in or something. And as they walk down the hall, all they can see are eyes looking out the slot. And the pastor just couldn't stand it anymore. And he stopped and he lingered at one of the cells. And he said, God loves you. And he says, there was no registering of emotion or thought or anything in those eyes. He says, I don't know if those seeds fell on hard soil or not. And I will never know. But God asked us to prepare seeds. The one thing they said was common amongst almost all the kids that were there was that they had no adult um, influence in their life. Nobody cared for them. Nobody gave them instruction. Nobody prepared the soil. Tough, tough, tough. See, it's not our job to judge the soil. It's not our job to judge the soil. It's your job to help prepare soil as best you can. It's your job to sow seeds continuously. Sometimes it's even your job to harvest. But it's not your job to judge whether somebody else's heart, their soil, is ready to receive God. You keep sowing seeds. There may be other people working in the garden that you don't know about. I will always remember the story that happened, uh, we read about some years ago in one of our small groups. We were doing Walk Across the Room as our small group with Bill Hybels. And was talking about how we can be Christians and engage our friends and talk to them about things. And so as 
uh, one of the stories he was telling us, Bill Hybels liked to work on um, these racing yachts. He was a crew on these racing yachts. And he said his job was mostly to run back and forth and be counterweight, you know, on, on the yacht. As you know, they, this wind blows and they tip up. Everybody runs to the other side to try and hold it down as best they can and go as fast as they can. And he liked to do this with some of his friends. And then you, of course, you become friends with the people um, that you're crewing with. And you go out to dinner afterwards or whatever. And there was one guy on the crew that wasn't a Christian. And Bill Heibel said he worked and he worked and he worked with this guy, trying to get him to accept Jesus in his life, and it never happened. One weekend they were going out to either race or practice, I don't remember which, and Bill Heibel's couldn't go for some reason, he had another engagement. And so afterwards he called on the phone and was talking to him. Of course, they're sharing war stories and telling him how it went during the day and laughing. And then one of them says, hey, you know that guy you've been trying to get to come to Jesus? Well, today we were talking to him, and he accepted Jesus into his heart. And Bill Heibel says, that's great. And he said, but inside he was feeling like, what? I've been working with this guy for years. I never seemed to make any, uh, any progress. I'm a pastor. How come I couldn't lead him to Jesus? And the one weekend I'm not there, the other guy's leading to Jesus? And he says, you know, it really bothered him for a while. But then you realize that maybe it wasn't your job to harvest. Maybe the time wasn't right. Maybe you were planting seeds. Maybe you were helping the soil get ready. The Holy Spirit is working, and he'll take care of those things. See, it's not our job to make seeds grow. It's our job to plant. Maybe we get to harvest now and again. Maybe we can cultivate the soil as best we can, help remove some rocks, pull some weeds. But most of this is out of our control. People are in charge of their own hearts. You can't make them do these things. You can help, you can encourage, you can instruct, you can set an example, but you can't make them. It's our job to keep sowing seeds. Don't let the circumstances of life or the fears or the insecurities or anything else that you have talk you out of it. God gave you this job. Don't let the devil take it from you. Even during this pandemic, you can still be sowing seeds. You're texting your friends. You're talking to them. You can invite them to church with you online. Start a watch party on Facebook and invite your friend to watch with you. And you guys can chat. And your friend goes, what's he talking about? I don't get it. You can explain it. Do a Bible study on Zoom. Be in small groups. We're going to be starting small groups here coming up pretty soon. October, we're going to be doing them. A series is going to be on prayer. We're going to have to do them virtually. It's going to be weird and different. But you can invite your friends to join us on Zoom and be in a small group and learn about prayer and how to pray. Invite a friend and join us. Sow some seeds. That's what God asked us to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you be with us, Lord, as we try to figure out how we can sow seeds. Lord, give us the courage to to talk. 
Give us the courage to, to sow the seeds and not be so worried about somebody might be a little bit mad at us or frustrated because we mentioned Jesus. Lord, help us to be brave for you. Lord, we ask that the, you put on our hearts the people whose soil is being prepared so that we know who to go talk to, Lord. Lord, we don't want to try and venture out in our own way. We want to do what you would have us do. So help us to get in line with your program and your your path and your program, Lord. Your ways. Give us courage, Lord. Keep us safe this week. Bring us back again. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.